So we'll go now to the Body Works Plus guest hotline to welcome Jake Query. I'm sorry for the lack of professionalism, Jake. Are you still able to do the segment with us? Well, here's the thing. Both you guys have deep voices, and neither one of you sounds cool. So now I'm completely... Uh, yeah. Okay, so now we're catching strays from guests now? <laughs> right. Is that the problem? I'm kidding. Goodness gracious. It's Jake Query joining Actually, us you now. you know what? Go ahead. I say that, I say that, but I'll tell you what. Your guys' credit, street cred, not that you needed it, but it went up tenfold because you must have mentioned that I was coming on the air, which I appreciate you having me on. Mm-hmm. And instantly, so, you know, obviously kind of two of the, the auto racing hubs in, in the United States are Charlotte and Indianapolis, you know, stock car and open wheel side. And as soon as you mentioned me, my phone blew up from the guys at Penske Racing at Team Penske down in Charlotte, David Hovis and the boys. And they're like, oh, man, you're going on our favorite station in Charlotte. We're going to listen to you. So I appreciate that. If those guys are listening to you, then I know you got to be the best of the best. So oh. I'm, I'm flattered that you guys are having me on today. That's big shouts that's to Team two. Penske. Yeah, that's two this week. Now it is reciprocated. We are huge fans of Team Penske. We appreciate them for listening to us right now on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Jake, we called you, obviously, to have you on to talk about Frank Reich, the new head coach here in Carolina. You covered him during his time with the Indianapolis Colts. Let's just start with the macro. Do you think it was a good hire for Carolina? I do, and I'll tell you why. I, You know, a lot of it, guys, I'll be honest with you. I've always been a big believer in the fact that coaches are only, you know, you know the old thing, right? Sometimes it's less about X's and O's and more about Jimmy's and Joe's. And, you know, I think what Carolina did, I was really impressed with what they did in the second half of the season once they were in the same situation Indianapolis was in with an interim. I mean, obviously the irony of the fact that the Colts were in the same spot after firing Frank Reich um, but they went in two different directions. I mean, Carolina, I thought, played well. So my point being, I do think the Panthers have a roster that has some pieces to it. Quarterback is a big question mark, obviously, as it was in Indianapolis. And there are two ways to look at it with Frank Reich. You could either say that he didn't turn out to be the quarterback whisperer that was expected when he came from Philadelphia, or you could say that the Colts were delivering him a different quarterback every year. And, you know, that's a difficult thing, right? I mean, it takes quarterbacks, no matter who it is, a long time to settle in. So Reich is the kind of guy, and you guys know the Panthers' locker room better than I do in terms of their personnel and their characters. But, um, you know, Reich is a player's coach for certain. And I think when he was terminated here, there was a lot of thought that he kind of lost the locker room and that they weren't overly disciplined and that guys kind of took advantage of his trust in them and then I think that as time has gone on we've realized that might be just about the players and the people that were accumulated and less about Reich himself so you know fans will like him because he's a very good guy he's very involved in the community I know none of that helps you win football games I realize but for a a spot in Carolina where a quarterback has been a real question mark in trying to find stability at that position has been a challenge in that area, if you were going to go out and get a guy that knows how to get that done, I do think it's Frank Reich. And I think that the resiliency that the roster showed in Carolina once they went to an interim and a lot of people thought their year got away from them and they still contended till the end, really, in their division, shows that the character aspect of it is something that I don't think is going to be an issue for him. So I think it could turn out to be a good fit. Well, and Jake, regarding the quarterback decisions, you discussed how the team gave them, gave Frank Reich, five different quarterbacks in five straight seasons on opening day. Now, part of that, though, is 
apparently Frank Reich wanting Carson Wentz in that trade, you know, working with Philip Rivers before having that relationship prior, how much of some of the QB decisions were because of Frank Reich and how much of it was, nope, it's coming straight from the higher ups like Chris Ballard and company. It's a great question. I think that certainly Frank Reich was the guy that went out and sold them on Carson Wentz. And I think that he, you know, kind of put his neck out there because Wentz had regressed a little bit in Philadelphia obviously, but Reich was the guy that was that was with him when he was a rookie. And I think that Frank Reich really does have a connection with Carson Wentz kind of in, in terms of some of their common things away from the game of football. And so he believed in him. I think he kind of put his rep on the line. And what it really came down to was it wasn't even so much about Carson Wentz's level of play as much as Carson Wentz's inability to connect not only with the locker room but truthfully with the owner. And I, I think that Jim Irsay never trusted Carson Wentz. I think there were some issues not to go down a rabbit hole that's a tough one to get out of with the vaccination stuff at the time when that was big. But that was a real thing to Jim Irsay. And when Carson Wentz opted not to get vaccinated, Jim Irsay's platform essentially was, that's your prerogative and that's your right as an American and as a grown man, but it better not come back to hurt the franchise. And when he tested positive at the most critical juncture of the year, and as a result, couldn't practice or be around the team, even though he played, but he didn't play well. That did him in. And so how much of that is on Frank Reich? Certainly Wentz's play regressed a little bit, but I don't think you can blame Reich for this year when then they bring in Matt Ryan, who was a shell of himself. And then, you know, seven games into the season or whatever it was, Jim Mersey mandates that they go away from Matt Ryan and go with the younger, more mobile Sam Ellinger, who was not proven in the NFL at all. Those things were beyond Frank Reich's control. Sure, had he better handled getting Carson Wentz going and maybe gotten him up to a playing level faster, those things wouldn't have manifested. But I, I think it's probably 70-30, 70% being out of Frank Reich's control, 30% things he could have done differently. But if you look at coaches in the NFL, a lot of times, guys, they struggle the first go round in their first stop. And then I'm not saying he's going to become Bill Belichick, but a lot of times coaches learn from their first go round and they improve on those errors in their second go round. And this is number two for him. Jake West Bryant here. And I would like to know how, how would you classify? Because we know Tepper wanted a dynamic offensive play caller here. We've talked about that. And in, and in three of the five seasons he was in Indianapolis, he had uh, top five offenses when you talk about rushing attempts. And then the two years uh, in Philadelphia as well, he was top ten in rushing attempts. So how would you classify uh, his offenses? And will we see uh, the dynamic side of his play calling? Or is he a guy that's going to be uh, ball control for the most part as well as some of these numbers indicate? You do sound like the cooler guy of the two. By I the appreciate way. that, man. Yeah, it's I appreciate that. Sell, I don't know right? what it is. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's a great question. You know, it's interesting because he had Jonathan Taylor here, right? So you've right. got one of the most dynamic, game-changing backs. And in order for guys like that to get home runs, you got to give them pitches, right? So, you know, I do think that at times, and in particular this year, the Colts became offensively bland. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, they were – they were absolutely anemic offensively, but I don't think that was Frank Reich as much as it was their lack of big play talent here. So you don't really have field stretching receivers in Indianapolis. Michael Pittman's a nice possession type receiver, but he's not going to be a guy that gets out in space. They didn't really, the Colts never had 
to be fair to, to Frank Reich, the Colts didn't have in open space dynamic playmakers outside of Jonathan Taylor. And the only way to get Jonathan Taylor outside of throwing the ball out of the, you know, to him out of the backfield is to get him reps and to get him handoffs. And they had a good line that also, I think Quentin Nelson this year was hurt, the dynamic guard for the Colts, the all-pro level guard. Ryan Kelly, their center, certainly took a step back this year. So I think he was handcuffed a little bit by injuries and just overall stagnant personnel around him. They tried to make a change with that with Frank Reich when they went, you know, they, they went away from Marcus Brady, the offensive coordinator, and Reich took control of that. But by then it was too late because Ursay had come in and mandated. So I think it's going to come down to, quite frankly, guys, and this is the, you know, this is the case in what we do in talk radio. 90% of the people doing shows in markets in the NFL are having the same conversation, and that is, who is going to be their quarterback? If the if the Panthers can get a quarterback and some playmakers that can be dynamic, Reich will open it up and he will get creative. But I also think that he knows that he's going to have to stick with his strengths. And if his strengths are to be a little bit more vanilla in terms of getting the ball to the guys that he needs to get it to, that's what he's going to do. He's not afraid to, to mix it up a little bit, but I don't know that it's necessarily what he goes to by nature. Now, they also talk about you know his acumen with quarterbacks. We saw what he did with Carson Wentz. We've talked about what he's done with Nick Foles and his work with Andrew Luck. He's more than likely going to have a new quarterback here, or he is, I would say so. So what, from your vantage point, is the number one thing that he will bring to a young quarterback to make him better, and what makes him so highly regarded as a quarterback's coach? It's a fabulous question, and I think the kind of the go-to answer, but at the same time, the most accurate answer is this. You know, Frank Reich is a guy that played quarterback in the NFL, but he, unlike, he was not a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or a Phillip Rivers. You guys know. I mean, he was there in Carolina, obviously, in, you know, in the fledgling years of the Panthers. And he was a guy that always played with his back against the wall. So I think that what Reich is able to do to young quarterbacks is it's easy for a Joe Montana or a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady to tell young quarterbacks things. And then have those quarterbacks say, yeah, but I mean, look at the skill set that you have. Like, I've got to overcome that. You know, I've got a bigger gap here. Frank Wright can talk to guys and look at them and legitimately say, I know where you were. I was there. I was not a guy that was headed straight to camp. I was a guy that fought for and earned everything that I got from a playing standpoint. And here's how I did it. So I think that he has a credibility within that aspect of it. But at the same time, he knows what it takes for a quarterback, I believe, to find that inner confidence when they might have a doubt about what their level is. He can say, look, I had that doubt too. And let me show you where, you know, I was down in this game against the, you know, the Houston Oilers and we came all the way back. And in college, I came back in the biggest comeback, you know, in, in college football history. And, and then they fired me in Indianapolis, and then another team came roaring back because I wasn't there. Now, I don't know if he'd say that about the Minnesota game this year. But I just think that he does have an understanding and a relatability to quarterbacks that they can relate to and see an inspiration and a belief and a comfort level in him. 
It's Jake Query joining us, Wesson Walker, on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You know, Jake, you mentioned, of course, how he was let go in the middle part of this season. Do you think that was the right decision by the Colts? Do you think that this was just a better situation for both parties to go their separate ways? Or do you think that Frank Reich should have been held on to because you feel it was up to Chris Ballard and this organization to give him a quarterback with stability instead of just moving on from that position one year after another, finding a way to get them a string of seasons together? You know, I think all coaches, I mean, there have been great coaches in the history of sports. Larry Brown in basketball comes to mind. You know, there there have been great coaches that just have like a five-year window. And it's not a knock on their coaching ability at all. It's just that their style reaches an exhausted, you know, reaches an expiration date. And I think it was there. I think it was there probably just in terms of the style. I think it was there in terms of just the overall the Colts were at a crossroads where their year was so disappointing this year and things went awry and the roof caved in on them so fast that somebody had to be made the scapegoat. And even if Reich would have been, would have come back, I think there always would have been like whispers or questions about this season that would have been tough to overcome without some sort of a change, be it the general manager or the coach. And if there's going to be a change between one of those two, I think we know more often than not, which of those two it's going to be. So I think it could be the kind of situation where it just works out well for all in the end. Look, Frank Reich's not going to come in and immediately be Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia and be this high-energy, high-flying, fun guy. He's a methodical guy. He's an understated and quiet guy. But he's a fair guy. He's an honest guy. And so long as the players are willing to respond to that and have a maturity about them, then I think it'll work out well. So I think a change of scenery was probably best for both parties. And for Frank Reich, I think from the time that he left here, Carolina was a place that he has always felt the most comfortable. His daughter works there now. He's had a home down there. Um, I think he enjoyed playing down there, obviously. So, uh, you know, I'm hopeful because he's a nice guy, that it works out well for him. And, you know, I know that people down there are eager to see the Panthers get back to where they've been in the past, which is a team that competes in the NFC South. So in a division that looks pretty wide open. So um, it could work out well for him. And then, Jake, I'll ask you, talking about that, and there's no secret amongst this fan base, this has been a, a bit of a controversial hire because so many people wanted Steve Wilkes. What's the one thing about Frank Reich that you would tell this fan base that uh, will help them that you think that he will do to get them back on board? Well, I'll begin by saying I think the world of what Steve Wilkes did this year, I don't know him at all. Uh, you know, but from afar, it certainly looked like, and that was peculiar. I will admit the only thing that I could have thought of that would have been the difference between the two was the actual head coaching experience. In terms of Reich, the one thing that I would tell people down there is towards the end here, I think the situation in Indianapolis was, I wouldn't say tumultuous, but unpredictable. I, I think Jim Irsay, who is a fun guy and a kind-hearted person, and for the most part as an owner, one that's good for this community in Indianapolis, but he has become more impulsive and more erratic in the last year and a half or so. And he's, and I think at times it made it probably a difficult situation. Um, in addition to that, I don't know at all times. I don't think that Reich and Ballard by any stretch were adversaries of one another, but I don't know that they were completely on the same page. So if people were looking at what appeared to be an underperformance in Indianapolis, I would say that, they have to appreciate the fact that Frank Reich might now be in a situation that has more stability and therefore 
it would be more fair to judge him on what he can do in Carolina as opposed to what you might perceive he didn't do in Indianapolis. Again, this doesn't win you football games, but people will like him in the community. He will be involved in helping out young people in, in Charlotte. And he's not going to do anything that embarrasses the franchise, the fan base. I mean, he is a very likable personality. But in the end, it all comes down to wins and losses. I get that. But I do think that given some stability around him on a roster standpoint, he has the acumen to be able to do that. That is Jake Query on the Body Works Plus guest hotline joining the cool guy and Walker. You can find him on Query and Schultz.com, co-host of Kevin and Query on 107.5 The Fan in Indianapolis.